I bought the condo not because I was in a good financial position to do so. I didn't buy the condo because I knew what I was doing necessarily. I did it because people told me running was throwing my money away and that the way to build equity is to buy a house as soon as possible. Real estate is always a good investment. And so I just listened to what other people were saying and I just got housing fever. Welcome to Couple Money, a podcast focused on helping spouses get on the same page, dump their debt faster, and get on the path to financial freedom together. I'm your host, El Martinez. This podcast is brought to you by Coastal Credit Union. Coastal's mission is to help you live a better life by offering you a better way to bank. Learn how by visiting bankbetter.org. Buying a house is usually one of the biggest purchases you can make. The paperwork and the process of getting a mortgage gets complicated quickly, and on top of it, it's a lot of money involved. Besides having your down payment ready, there are other costs you have to factor in, like appraisal, lender fees, home inspections, title search, and so on. If you're buying a $300,000 home, you're looking at paying anywhere from $6,000 to $15,000 in closing costs. If you're in a high cost of living area, those numbers leap up. It's really important to make sure that you're ready for this before you sign the papers. You don't want to rush into it because then you'll be stuck with a mortgage you can't comfortably afford and that'll make your house a burden and not a blessing. If you live in a hot real estate market, it's even more of a challenge. You're dealing with multiple bids, some of them much, much higher than the listing price. Here in Raleigh, it's not uncommon to be competing with all cash offers too. In the middle of 2020, my mom moved to be closer to us here in Raleigh, and we helped her with the home buying process. Compared to our experience about six years ago, this was a different ballgame. It was stressful because there were so many more buyers than houses. It took some patience reflecting on what features she needed and truly wanted, and then honing in on her budget. Thankfully, she bought a great place for herself. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or not, my advice is to detach yourself emotionally from the process. But that's easier said than done. That's why I want to share from the archives an interview I did with Jonathan White. He's the author of A Tale of Two Houses, our journey of buying a home the right way after buying one the wrong way. As you can guess from the title, Jonathan understands firsthand some of those home buying traps that many of us fall into. He's made them, but he's learned from them. In this episode, we get into some of those home buying myths that can get you into trouble, unexpected expenses that come up as a homeowner, and why you need to run your own numbers. Are you ready? Let's get started. Before he became a financial coach, John White was in many ways like his clients. He was enjoying life. Finances were all right as he wasn't spending extravagantly. As the years passed, some of his friends decided to move forward on their American dream. And that included buying a home. Even though he had a background in accounting, John wasn't immune to house fever. Well, two things. I, I had one a buddy who had bought a, 
a, a condo to one of my college friends and he said, Oh, it's it a great deal and good for him. And I, I think I'd actually visited him and was like, Oh wow, this, this is pretty cool. I could have my own place. So, so that kind of get, got the ball started. The other was when I was running, I had a roommate and he had gotten married or it was in the process of getting married. I, I bought the condo not because I was in a good financial position to do so. I didn't buy the condo because I knew what I was doing necessarily. I did it because people told me running was throwing my money away and that the way to build equity is to buy a house as soon as possible. Real estate is always a good investment. And so I just listened to what other people were saying. And that time period, 2006, the real estate market was hot. I just got housing fever. We heard some of the same things when we were house hunting, especially that rent is throwing money away. Buying a house isn't bad, but you really have to look at the costs. Besides the obvious, there are expenses that homeowners may have to deal with that renters don't. Your own maintenance, for one thing. But depending on where you live, you may also find yourself buying property that is a part of a home association, which is something John had to deal with firsthand. When I bought the condo and was looking at over, they mentioned that the condo association association was suing the original builder of builders of the condos for some leaky fault, excuse me, some faulty roofs. And so there was an extra homeowners association dues associated with that. And I asked around and they said, Oh, well the ruling's going to be coming soon. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Well then here's what happens about a year into the condo. We settle with the builder. However, the settlement did not cover all the repairs to the chimneys that for some of the condos that were faulty. So the homeowners association asked us for $5,500 mm. over the course of, of two years. <laughs> so so I, that was a uh, real eye-opening thing to me. It was like, okay, wow, yeah. When things break, I'm responsible for it. <laughs> so before you buy a place that's a part of a home association, know the bylaws, check with the residents, see if they're happy, and ask about the fees over the last few years. Have they been increasing? Why? See what the home association's responsibilities are and which would be yours. As financially painful as that bill was, John doesn't consider it his biggest mistake. The biggest mistake I made, and this is going to be a broad statement, was that I just rushed the process. I got house fever. And when you get house fever, you just go with it. And like I said, I didn't put anything down in the house. The real estate agent I went with was the first person who contacted me back. I didn't ask them if they had experience selling condo or buying condos in this price range or what they knew about the area. Didn't know what my mortgage payment would be, know how much I could afford. If believe it or not, I just told the banker, okay, this is my income. And they told me, okay, you can probably afford a house in this range. I went with it. And so I basically rushed the process. To make matters worse was timing. John bought his condo in 2006 before the real estate bubble burst. When it did, he found himself about $20,000 underwater on his home. While he did thankfully have some savings, his financial situation still weighed on him. The good news is of when I did make this purchase, I remember I got my first statement in the mail and I started to look through my packet that I got in a closing and I I looked at my 30-year amortization schedule. And I had never looked at that thing before. I saw how much of my payment was going to interest compared to principal. <laughs> and, and the very few was, was going to principal. And I was like, wow, this is insane. Why didn't I consider any of these costs? 
I bought in 2006 and 2007, 2008, that's when the housing market, the bubble burst, so to speak. And I was thousands upon thousands of dollars underwater. Just looking at that amortization schedule and seeing, okay, it's going to take me like six or seven years if I just make the minimum payments that I'm supposed to, to get right side up and, and having no idea what would happen if I had to move, if I lost my job, if, if, if I wanted to move, if I wanted to do something different, I was kind of stuck with this, this, mm-hmm. this really financial burden. That was just a wake-up call for me to get with it. So yeah, there was a lot of financial stress. I know a lot of people during that time had to lose their house. They got foreclosed on, missed payments, lost jobs. I didn't have any of that, but the risk was still there and it was hanging over me. <laughs> for a few years there, it was not not fun to look at that deficit each and every month. And a lot of times it was growing <laughs> and no, no matter what I was doing. Fast forward a few years, John got married. He and his wife used the principles and baby steps of Dave Ramsey to build their finances together. Eventually, they became parents, and that's when they began to consider selling the condo and getting another house. A couple years later, we had our first son. And then that a couple years later, that winter, we found out we were pregnant with our second child. At that time, the 900-foot, two-bedroom, square-foot condo just did not fit our family's needs. And we had put ourselves, thankfully, into a financial position to do so. So we talked about it. We prayed about it. We live in the central Ohio area in Columbus, Ohio. We wanted to move closer to, to family. Basically, we wanted to move on the other side of the town, of town. And so we talked about, okay, here's our situation. Here's how much we owe on our mortgage currently. Here's how much approximately we could sell our condo for. Here's how much we would net approximately. Obviously, because we didn't know exactly how much we would sell our condo for. Mm-hmm. Uh, thankfully, we did have some equity because we had been really serious about paying it down. If we had done the, the normal thing and paid a 30-year mortgage off, like a 30-year mortgage, we would not have been in that position. But it took us a lot of time and effort of our money to, to get to a point where we did have some positive equity. Just having that scar from that first experience, I, I was really scarred. So I wanted to be really conservative and take control of the process instead of being reactive to the process. Seeing where things went wrong the first time, John was determined not to let the same thing happen with their next house. He and his wife started with running the numbers themselves so they could understand and be confident with what they could afford. We determined, okay, if we net this much from the sale of our condo and we put it all towards our down payment, here's what current interest rates were. We also were determined to get a 15 or 20 year mortgage because we wanted to get our house paid off looking into the future. We took that information. Okay, here's what our payment could be that could fit in our budget. Here's our down payment. This is what we can afford. Knowing their numbers proved to be beneficial as they were tempted with one house during their search. The big test was for us was our condo had sold or was in contract and we hadn't found a house yet. So we were looking at like a month of basically being homeless. Not really being homeless, but we'd have to live with our in-laws. But we were looking at, we don't have a house. And so mm-hmm. we were scrambling and we found a house that was right on the edge of our budget. Of course, right? We looked at it and we really liked the house. The thing was, it was a foreclosed house and it was a, a blind auction. And so you put in the bid, you don't know who's bidding against you, what they're bidding against. And that was a real test. <laughs> we are like, okay, we, we said, this is how much we can afford. This is right at the limit. Are we going to stick to our budget? Or are we going to try to break our budget? Or, or go a little over our budget and hope it works out. And I, and I'm 
proud to say we stayed in our budget. We, we put, bid the maximum that we could within our budget. Fortunately, though, we got outbid. Someone had bid quite a few thousand dollars more than us, and so we lost the house. Their self-control paid off when they found a house that suited their family and was within their budget so that they could enjoy it together instead of stressing out. But looking back on it, I'm still proud of us that we went through that and we didn't waver on our budget. We ended up with the house house that we have now. It's been been a financial blessing and we're still here and we're not living in a house that we hate. We, We have a nice house that fits our needs. It it was fun and exciting and scary all at the same time, but I'll tell you, it was worth it at the end. It's not a perfect house, but it's a house that fits our budget, and we're able to do the other things that we want to with money, such as give, invest, save, and pay cash for things. It's been a really good thing for our marriage to not have that financial stress that a house can bring. If you're like us, you probably have quite a number of accounts between the two of you, including your old 401ks. It can be difficult to stay on top of everything, especially when your old employer switches providers, which is what happened with my husband. Here's where our sponsor Capitalize can help. Capitalize helps you find and roll over an old 401k into an IRA of your choice for free. They handle the entire process. And yes, that includes calling your old employer or the 401k provider on your behalf. If you're ready to make managing your old 401ks much easier, find out more at simplifyandenjoy.com slash capitalize. Before we wrap up, I want to share a few key takeaways I picked up from listening to that interview I had with Jonathan. The first is you have to fight against that house fever, and a lot of the home buying myths that are out there. One of the things I see with those myths is that they do have a grain of truth, but they don't apply to every situation. How many times have you heard, renting is throwing away money, homeownership helps you build equity, real estate is an investment that will pay off. That could be the case, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's true for your circumstances. The best way to see if this is a situation that benefits you is the second takeaway. You have to run the numbers yourself. You have to look at the costs. They're going to be more expenses as a homeowner with maintenance that you didn't have to worry about as a renter. So you need to come in with a clear head and weigh the pros and cons. What's most beneficial in your situation? Also understand that if you don't plan on staying there for a while, and you're not putting a significant down payment, chances are you're not really going to get much equity out of it. Finally, my last takeaway is, if you're buying a home that has an HOA, please check it out. Make sure that you're familiar with the bylaws. I know it's not exciting, but you don't want to be hit with unexpected expenses on top of your other homeowner expenses. Check with the residents. See if they're happy with the way things are or not. Ask about fees over the last years. Have they been increasing and why? And then get a clear idea of what the HOA's responsibilities are with maintaining the community and which ones would still be yours. I want you to see home buying as a blessing and not a burden for your family. Don't forget, if you are looking to save up some extra money, maybe for buying a home or another goal, and you want to revamp your budget, 
we do have a free course called 5 Days to 5K. It walks you through step-by-step how to find, save, and earn extra money. Just head over to couplemoney.com slash 5K. If you want to learn more about Jonathan and his family's journey to finding the right place for them, please pick up a copy of his book, A Tale of Two Houses. He does a great job going through the process of selling their condo and buying the new place. He also gets into the details and the numbers so you can get an idea of what to expect when you purchase your home. I'll have a link in the show notes along with more resources to help make buying a home a lot less stressful. And I want to say thank you again for your support. Couple Money Podcast is made possible because of incredible listeners like you. Every tweet, Facebook like, comments that you share gets the word out so more couples can work as a team on their money and more. I really appreciate it. And keep sending in those questions. I'd love to help you out with your goals. I hope you have a wonderful week. Take care. Take care.